casual dining chain 60 Vines started in Plano, Texas about four years ago. It now has four units in Texas and Florida. The concept focuses on wine in kegs, which are billed as being good for the environment, having a longer shelf life, and always being served at the proper temperature. The chain is seeing a growing number of wineries interested in producing kegged wine. Those wines are paired with wine country foods from around the world. The restaurant needs big spaces, around 7,500 to 8,500 square feet, to accommodate a wall with those 60 wine taps. For party season during the pandemic, 60 Vines has found some success with parking lot parties, in which a company's CEO, for example, hands out samples of wine and appetizers to employees in their cars. Please enjoy this Buzzworthy Brands podcast with 60 Vines CEO, Jeff Karkara. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Can you start off and just uh, introduce yourself and then tell me a little bit about the, the concept? Sure. Yeah. My name's uh, Jeff Karkara. Uh, I am um, one of the, uh, or the CEO of uh, 60 Vines. Um, we're, uh, we're a fairly new concept. The concept's um, only a little over four years old. The first one was, was opened up in Plano, Texas, uh, a little over four years ago. And then we, uh, we opened one down in downtown Dallas um, in the Crescent um, development down there. And then went down to Houston in Rice Village and Winter Park, Florida is, uh, we stepped out of Texas uh, this past year. Uh, on, we opened it on March 17th and closed it on March 19th. Uh, <laughs> reopened it again in May. Um, and we have one under construction in Nashville with a few other deals um, in Florida and looking in Texas and Virginia, uh, DC area. So um, fairly young concept, um, exciting concept. I think it's unique. Um, it, uh, it really gets me out of bed running every day. Um, I think we're doing something different. I think there's um, you know a, a, a sense of adventure and discovery in our restaurant when you come in and um, you know the, the basis of it, you know that when we when it was founded, um, we had an idea around um, keg wines. Um, our original founder, Randy DeWitt and Jack Gibbons, um, had this idea around keg wines. And at the time, um, most people, when you talk about keg wines, think of inexpensive or, you know, they don't necessarily think of high quality wines. But um, they had an idea, one, um, sustainability, um, you know, it was uh they were doing some research and looking at the sustainability factors around keg wine and realized how many, how much, uh, how much glass is saved going into the landfill. One keg equals 26 bottles. And um, while you say, well, glass is recycled, um, a lot of glasses, in fact, um, quite a bit of glass isn't recycled. And um, not to mention the, the trucking of the glass and just the process of bottling. Um, we found that the actual winemakers and wineries were really turned on to this. Um, there still are some, you know, wineries out there that are, are not yet on board. There's still, um, you know, some, some of the finer wine wineries um, are still a little resistant to kegging, um, but we're finding more and more that, that brands and wineries are starting to realize that it's more economical for them to do, it's more sustainable, and the wine is actually fresher. So, um, you know, the kegs, the, the, the wine and keg last longer. It's held, you know, at the right temperature. It comes out at the right temperature every time, which sounds silly to, to say, 
but have you ever been to a, a restaurant and had a you know glass of cabernet and, it, and it's been warm sure um, you know and that's usually because the bottles are you know on a refrigerated top or, or on a top that there's a condenser or something blowing hot air on them you know so you get this hot wine um in fact i had one the other night at a, at a fairly reputable restaurant it was a little disappointing but you know our our wine our our wine comes out our red wine comes out at 58 degrees every time our white wines at 48 our champagnes at 38 every time um and you can explore for little you know not much of a uh, investment because you can get a two and a half ounce pour of everything um we have uh we have 60 taps on the wall so you can try some of those taps are beer and some of them we have uh local kombucha and local uh, cold brew on tap too. But so it's about 50, anywhere between 50 and 55 wines on tap at any given time. Um, and this is, this is not like a self-service. No, thing, right? No, so, no, okay. no, you know, the, the technology is self-service though on the tap side of things is, is, is getting, um, is getting better. We, uh, we actually had a call with, uh, with a company recently that um, is developing uh, a self-service tap system. And, um, uh, we're, we're looking at it. Maybe there's an opportunity to put in, you know, six, eight taps and have a little section off to the side where you can, you know, um, serve yourself, uh, you know, especially mm -hmm. nowadays people are looking to serve themselves more and more. Exactly. And has that, uh, the keg system been a hard sell at all with consumers or how do you, how do you communicate all this stuff to them either in yeah. the restaurant or? Well, you know, I go back, I remember when keg wine came out, it was probably uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I think I saw the first kegs. And um, it was always, uh, I think, you know, I don't know if it was started particularly to, to be a way to save costs and, and put inexpensive wines on menus and, and, you know, make more money. I don't know, but it always seemed like there was never anything on tap that I would really want to drink. Um, that sounds snobby, but... Um, <laughs> you know, it just was more of the house wine. And um, um, so, you know, I always looked at it myself as a consumer as just, you know, tap wine, cheap wine. I always had that perception. Um, and not until uh, recently, um, even pre my coming on to 60 Vines, um, I started to, to, to look into and research it at, at another company um, I was running at the time. And, and we found that a lot more a lot more people were being more and more interested in it based on some of the reasons I said earlier. It was, you know, it's less expensive for the wineries. It's, um, you know, it's less, uh, it, you know, it's better for the environment. Um, so there was a lot of people getting on board. So when 60 Vines came calling, um, it was definitely of interest to me. But um, getting back to your question, um, you know, no. Uh, now we're finding that, um, you know, our guest base is, um, probably a majority of millennials, probably 60% of our business is the, is, is the millennial uh, generation. And um, they are less worried about, you know, where the wine comes from and more excited about being able to try so many different things, um, you know, without, you know, huge investment. Like I said, you can start at a two and a half ounce pour for three, $4 and try, you know, a bunch of things. And we do a lot of flights, um, our servers are trained uh, more to take you on an adventure than to just walk up and say, okay, what wine do you want? No, they're, they're, they're all, we have um, some pretty heavy ongoing development and uh, training for them when it comes to the wine. Um, we're, we're tasting and, and drinking wine every day in the restaurants with the team. 
um, which sounds fun and it is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just it just leads to a lot of exploration, which um, we're, we're getting more and more notoriety for. Sure. And, you know, frankly, I think we're going to we're going to turn the wine world a little bit on its head. I, you know, that's, uh, you know, our, 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 our why statement, if you will, is, is about reimagining, you know, together we reimagine wine culture to inspire, excuse me, uh, and to inspire um, adventure and discovery. Um, and that's really what we're doing. And then you pair that with, uh, you know, the wine country food from around the world, um, you know, that you can pair a lot of these, these great wines with, and uh, you got a really great experience. So what, uh, walk me through sort of a typical location, like square footage, where do you like to be situated? Yeah. Kind of what does the place look like? You know, our, our four restaurants are really in pretty unique locations. There, there's no one that really is exactly like the other from a, from a market standpoint. We're in Plano, which is a suburb of Dallas. We're in, you know, the uptown uh, area of Dallas, right outside downtown, more in a business, um, you know, travel related um, business travel related uh, market, if you will, but there's also a lot of young demographic um, and apartments and, and condos around there. Um, we're in uh, our Rice Village is more of a neighborhood, kind of an in-town neighborhood, if you will, uh, along with Winter Park is, is, is very similar, it's more of an in-town neighborhood. So, um, you know, with the four restaurants, we tried a little bit of different markets, but we're seeing kind of the same person that, that, that 30 something to 40 something you know, older millennial with, you know, just starting, maybe starting a family or, or on the verge of starting family, maybe um, has their, you know, first house, um, you know, they're really starting, that's what we're really seeing along with some Gen Xers and some, you know, still some of the baby boomers coming in too, um, but they're big places too. So, you know, our smallest restaurant right now is about 8,000 square feet. Oh, wow. Our largest is about 10,000 square feet. So um, to have 60 wines on tap or 60, 60 taps, you have to have a pretty large um, expanse to uh, a wall to have those taps on. So there's some square footage, um, uh, you know, there's some square footage needs uh, for us to, uh, to be able to do this. But, um, you know, we think going forward, prime, prime size for our restaurants are probably like 75 to 8,500 square feet. So has the pandemic brought up any discussions around what those boxes look like and, and whether that size is appropriate? Yeah, you know, it, it has. And, and it, quite honestly, it, it's been a blessing right now because we've been able to space out our tables enough, you know, with the six feet social distancing and still have, um, you know, a still have a relevant amount of seats. So, you know, we, we actually have fared fairly well through the pandemic. Um, you know, like everybody, April, March, April, and, you know, the first part of May was, you know, absolutely horrible. We were all wondering, you know, what, you know, what was going to happen and, you know, shifting to takeout business and doing all that. But, um, you know, as mid-May uh, came about and Texas and Florida opened back up 25%, um, we were, you know, we weren't making money in those 25% um, uh, days. But once we hit 50%, um, we, we started to do all right. We started to be able to pay the bills, you know, take care of our people, uh, better, even better. Um, and, um, you know, and, and survive. And now, you know, Florida's at a hundred percent. We're still socially distancing to some extent in the restaurant because I didn't really want to let it off, off the hook, if you will. 
uh, too much um, because I think people are still concerned. And even in the ones coming out to dinner still have some concern that they don't want, you know, someone breathing over their back, um, you know, while they're eating dinner. So sure. um, Dallas is still, you know, we were at 75, but recently the, we went, we rolled it back to 50 based on um, right now in, a, in the North, North Texas hospitals uh, are at a little over 15%. And the governor has set a line in the sand that if your hospitals are over 15%, you're at 50%. So that's where we're at right now. Um, so, so as far as the pandemic, the size has helped us. Um, but again, you know, uh, I, I believe, you know, I really don't want to have 10,000 square feet restaurants. I think, I think our prime size is 75 to 8,500. Um, you know, I think it is a concept that lends itself to be a little bit bigger based on the need for the, the wine taps. But, um, um, but I don't think it needs to be 10,000 square feet. That's, that's still a lot of square feet these days. Sure. And what is the, the mix typically when it comes to, to beverages versus food? Yeah, it's, uh, we have a solid mix right now. Our, our, our mix is, um, you know, it, right now in Texas, we only serve beer and wine. In Florida, we have cocktails also. Uh, when we opened the concept early on, we decided to take advantage of some tax um, or not to take advantage of some tax laws here in, in Dallas that if you don't pay, if you don't have alcohol, there's a little bit better of a break um, okay. on, on your liquor tax, but we're probably gonna be rolling liquor out here in the new year um, because of the success we've seen in Florida. But um, to your question, we're, uh, we're about 48% um, beverage and 52% oh, wow. food. So it's, it's been a, uh, it's, 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 it's a good concept. And you know, as, as sales are tight and right now, um, you know, they always say, in, you know, pandemics or, uh, or whether it's a pandemic or whether it's a recession, people still drink. And, uh, we <laughs> Perhaps even that. more. Yes. The, the problem, the pandemic. problem, though, is that that doesn't really translate to off-premise for you guys, no, right? There's, no, yeah. but the ones coming in are, uh, I think, making up for the ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those cocktails you mentioned, are those pre-batched? Two, three, three no, we have, no. Um, no, we do have one. Um, we do actually, we have two, we do have two cocktails on tap. Um, um, but then we, you know, we don't want liquor to be our main focus. And um, uh, so we have no back bar. If you walked up to the bar, you won't see any liquor. It's all under, under, under the bar. It's all in the well. And um, we only carry about 20, I think last I checked, it was 26 SKUs of liquor. So, you know, you're not going to be able to go in there and have an extensive selection of bourbons or, or tequilas, but we'll have three or four really good bourbons or tequilas that you can choose from. Um, so, you know, it shouldn't be a veto vote, meaning you shouldn't not go there because you can't find your brand. You should be sure. able to find something you like, but you may not find your exact brand. So this seems like a concept that uh, maybe pre-pandemic would be ideally suited to like holiday parties and, and yeah. those kinds of things. Do you have like private function rooms uh, in yeah. the restaurants? And if so, how, how are you handling that during this time? Yeah, I wish I could uh, show you some pictures of our greenhouses, but the restaurants um, have what we call greenhouses in there. Um, a couple of them are attached to the restaurants. A couple of them are like, you know, out, out to the side of the restaurant where you walk through a little garden to get to it. Um, and the greenhouses seat anywhere in the four restaurants from 100 people, well, from about 40 in, in Houston up to 100 um, in the Plano and the Crescent location and somewhere in between in Winter Park. So they're really beautiful rooms. They're stunning. They're all glass. They're filled with, you know, there's great plants and they're, 
Uh, Crescent, the one in Crescent actually has a little bar. The one in Plano has a beautiful water feature. Um, so it, you know, we we get a lot of requests for those rooms, and of course that has slowed down considerably. Um, but you know, there's been some requests, and we've done some smaller parties, some socially distanced parties where you you know you, you, you know a couple ten tops six feet apart, and um, you know when when uh, when the, when it was allowed, I think we rolled it back though now with the recent rollbacks, but. Um, you know, there has been some some demand, but not much. It's 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 pretty much sure. dry. What we have done is we've recently uh, we we started what we call our, our wine country drive through, and um, we're we're marketing it to businesses that are unable to have their parties. So you can what we what we what we do is we get their CEOs and we get them out in our parking lot, and their employees drive through. Uh, their team members drive through and we, you know, we drop, he's, you know, they say hello, he or she says hello. And, and, um, and we, uh, we have these nice kits for them that are take home a uh, little wine experience, um, you know, in a box. And, um, you know, we've been, we've been selling those fairly well. So, um, you know, that's been a, our marketing, uh, our marketing team here has done a nice job coming up with that. that whole yeah, thing. that's really cool and creative. I, yeah. you know, hear about interesting stuff from restaurants like every day and I've not heard of anybody doing that, uh, yeah, that yet. Yeah. And we you know with the tap wine too what's been fun is we've been just finding different ways to serve it so we just came up with a four-pack taster for the holidays too and we're actually that's what we put in these um the wine country drive-through boxes is a four-pack of tasters so you can get two reds two whites you know it's a, it's a 187 bottle so you can do a nice tasting we did a virtual tasting that way where we sent four home four wines home with um some charcuterie, a pizza, park pizza that you just throw you, you throw in your oven and, and heat up, and um, uh, I forget the other appetizer that we had on it, but it was three appetizers, and it was kind of you know we we marketed as a little tasting and happy hour. Our head of wine, um, uh, our head of wine development and director, uh, beverage, um, you know, hosted the call, and we had you know I think we had close to three hundred people on the calls, so it was. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. Have you had any special um, issues with the legality of doing that since you're not selling like actual bottles of wine, right? Yeah, we have um, in Texas, all of our, all of our, all of our wine or all of our restaurants, we have package licenses for, for, for wine. Um, And then in both Texas and Florida, um, the governor, governor's pretty much repealed the, uh, you know, they, they passed, um, you know, laws that allowed um, to go liquor. In fact, in Texas now, um, there are some specifics around it, but you can even sell, you can sell cocktail, um, you can't sell cocktails to go, but you can sell uh, cocktail packages to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now liquor uh, here in Texas, you can you can sell it legally out, out the door here in restaurants. So talk about uh, the growth plans for 60 Vines and, and kind of what the roadmap was for, you know, 21 and 22 and maybe how that has been shaped by the, the pandemic. Yeah, we had we had several leases signed that, that um, you know, dry, that we uh, we decided against just because, you know, to open restaurants is a huge, huge investment. And, um, you know, uh, taking that cash, we had to use the cash basically to stay alive. So. We opted out of out of uh, several leases, um, you know. So 2021, uh, we originally had uh, about three restaurants on the board, maybe a fourth sneaking in, and now we'll be doing potentially two. And the Nashville site was already under construction. We didn't stop there. 
Uh, that restaurant will hopefully be open the end of April. Um, but we have another site in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida that we're really excited about. And, um, you know, we, we kept hold of that one. And, and um, we think we may get that one open towards the end, you know, basically this time next year, maybe, you know, November, of the, November of this time next year. So we'll, we hope to do two, but that, that second one may slip into 2022. But once we get into 2022, you know, we're, we're, um, we're actively looking again. Um, you know, we hope to do three to four in 2022 and also three to four in, in 2024, or excuse me, 2023. So as you look at this uh, segment of, you know, full service restaurants that have been through these traumatic months, how, how do you think they're going to be like forever shaped by this? I mean, in terms of... Well, Just any yeah, aspect of operating your business. I, I've always said through my career that the most talented people in, in the management and leadership business are in restaurants. I think the best of the best in our business are better than most in other businesses because we are so adaptable. We, we shift on a dime. We deal with so many moving parts. Um, we have so many things going on in our restaurant in any given day. Um, you know, and, and this was one of those things that you know, tested that theory. And, um, you know, our, our teams came through and, 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 and what I read in the trade magazines and what I'm seeing from peers out there talking to other restaurant, um, uh, restaurant people and seeing, you know, how they have adapted and some of the creativity that is coming out of this time is just amazing. So, so I think what, what it's done, number one, is um, it's challenged us in ways and found new revenue streams and new ways to do business. Um, uh, and, you know, for a changing world, um, for sure. Um, on the flip side, um, I think there's going to be a renaissance in our business. I think that, you know, for years, everybody has been, um, you know, saying that the full service restaurant is dying. The full service restaurant is dying. Um, I don't know about you, but I've, I've heard it once. I've heard it a million times. I've heard people say, I just want to go out and be served. I just want to go out and have a great dinner out. And I think that's really, you know, once the vaccine is, is out there in a relevant manner, um, you know, I think we're going to see a renaissance in our business. How long that lasts, I don't know. It could be a flash in the pan for six months. Um, but the sad part of the reality of this is, um, is those that make it out, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a law of numbers then. You know, there's going to be a lot of seats that won't be on the other side of this. And, and it's sad to talk about. It's sad to you know, to see our some of our colleagues, um, you know, go out of business or, or, uh, or, or lose their restaurants. Um, but the fact remains that at the end of it, there will be less seats and those that, that weather the storm, you know, should, um, should see some fruit at the end of the tunnel. Sure, there'll be some real estate opportunity potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. site like in Fort Lauderdale came about through, through, you know, through the, through the pandemic and, uh, uh, it's a site that you know it wouldn't be wouldn't be out there for probably another twenty years. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that's how it'll yeah will shake out for sure. Um, yeah. We we've only talked a tiny bit about menu uh, and yeah. sixty vines. Can you talk a little bit about that? And has there been any menu innovation during this time, or has that not been a big focus? No, actually, uh, I hired a chef during this time. Um, uh, you know, I, I hired our uh, director of culinary and head chef for the concept, uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Willicks, and uh, he uh, he came on and, and you know I saw it as an opportunity to really revamp our menu and 
you know, I felt like things were getting uh, a little stale and, and we were, we, uh, we needed to get, we needed to freshen it up and bring in, um, honestly, some more complexity to our menu and, and to our culinary to, uh, to bring some more exciting flavors. Um, so, you know, Micah came on um, probably, uh, I think Micah came on in mid-May and um, we've, we're, we're in the midst of our second menu change right now. And um, no, it's been, it's been great. And it's been a great time to test things. It's been a great time to have the time um, to look at different recipes and, and really, uh, really question ourselves and test ourselves on whether, you know, the items on the menu are the right items for where we want to go. Um, but I know we haven't talked about the food and, you know, the food is really wine country food. And, and, you know, at first, a lot of times you think it's, you think of Napa Valley, you think of California, you think of California cuisine, when you think of, you know, domestic wine and domestic uh, food, but, um, you know, there are, you know, many wine countries around the world. And if you've had the, um, if you, if you had the luck to travel to some of them, um, you'll find that the, the hospitality is consistent throughout and the style in which um, they cook um, is, is very similar. And um, so we're really, we're really embracing, you know, the, the world of wine country, not just California, not just Napa Valley um, or Paso Robles or, you know, we're looking in Spain and we're looking at, at different dishes, you know, out of Spain and flavors out of Spain, out of the Mediterranean. Um, you know, we've even joked about, you know, Lebanon is an up and coming wine, uh, wine has an up and coming wine country. And uh, we've even toyed around doing a, you know, doing a Lebanese wine dinner to really showcase some of the flavors and foods coming out of there because there's some great stuff coming out of there. Um, so, you know, the food really embraces, you know, the world. Um, we do have pizzas you know, also on the menu. And that's something that, um, you know, the concept when it was founded, um, that was founded around um, the pizza oven at first, um, but we've broadened our selections and um, uh, we have a great pizza program, um, but uh, you know, the menu as a whole is, uh, is, is really good. Good. Uh, uh, I'm so appreciative of your, your time. It's been a fascinating conversation. And I love how creative you guys have been. Is there, is there anything else that I should be asking you about? You know, um, I don't know, you know, there's just, there's a thousand things, you know, I, I think about COVID every, you know, what COVID is, has, the, the pandemic has done um, just to us on a daily basis. You, you get out of bed thinking differently every day and you, you know, even as the, the, the numbers start to spike, then you start, you know, flexing your, your takeout muscle again, just like we did with the wine country drive-through. We're also doing a New Year's Eve um you know, New Year's Eve pack package where we're going to send home all, you know, the champagne and the, and all the party favors along with dinner. Um, so you can pick up a, you know, New Year's Eve package to go to. So, you know, we're just balancing everything, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we still believe our core business is going to be, you know, in the four walls when it's all said and done. And, and, um, we've just been sharpening our skills at creating, creating an experience. And, um, you know, that's what, that's, what's truly exciting and for all of us. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, every now and then we have a really good, you know, Friday or Saturday night, you know, you know, almost one that looks like, you know, pre-pandemic mm -hmm. and, um, and you say to yourself, you know, okay, you know, there's signs of life out there. There's signs of, uh, you know, there's signs that things can, can get back to normal, but, you know, we really do need to, we really do need to get some relevancy beyond the numbers in the vaccine, you know, you know, hopefully by mid-year we'll, we'll see it and, you know, this time next year, we could be having a great, 
great, great holiday season. And that's, that's where I'm <laughs> for sure. And I, I yeah. agree with you. I think most people, if the vaccine ended tonight and you know, their immediate stop would probably be a nice dinner out uh, with yeah. friends or no doubt. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, as you start to cross the 30, 40, 50 percentile of people with vaccinations, I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a tipping point, you know, uh, on, on, on one weekend here in the summertime or late summer, and uh, we're, we're going to go, okay, it's on. <laughs> Our moment has, has arrived. Yeah, yeah, so we just got to be ready. Well, thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. Enjoyed it. Mm -hmm.